0: The murder of a college student in Georgia and the immigration status of her alleged killer have thrown new fuel into the heated debate over the U.S. Southern border and the government's policies. At the University of Georgia, grief hangs in the air, after last week's death of 22-year-old nursing student Lakin Hope Riley. Students including her sorority sisters gathered yesterday to remember Riley. She showed incredible wisdom throughout her friendships. Many sisters have shared that she was the best listener. She would allow you to ramble on about how your day was or how your life had been lately, and she soaked it up intently. Her wisdom flowed throughout all aspects of her life, as she had an eye for those who were secretly struggling. Riley's body was found in this wooded area on campus last Thursday. Her roommate had reported her missing after she failed to return from a morning jog. 26 year old Venezuelan citizen Jose Antonio Ibarra was charged with her murder. Immigration officials say in September of 2022, Ibarra was detained in Texas after illegally entering the U.S. from Mexico, but then released for further processing. Students returned to classes this week, but the community has been shaken to its core. Riley's death is believed to be the school's first homicide in nearly 30 years. I'm a mom, and as a mom, I couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine if something like this happened to my children. Beyond campus. A dangerous foreign
1: national broke the law and suffered no consequences. Because of fringe policies, the far left (laughs) claims are compassionate. This is another senseless, preventable death because of this open border.
0: Conservatives and right-wing media link the Biden administration's immigration approach with Riley's death. Lakin's death is a direct result of failed policies on the federal level. Georgia's Republican Governor Brian Kemp pointed to record-high numbers at the U.S. southern border. It is an understatement to say that this is a major crisis. And because of the White House's failures, every state, as I have said repeatedly, is now a border state. And Lake and Riley's murder is just the latest proof of that. On social media, former President Trump said, quote, Biden's border invasion is destroying our country and killing our citizens. And he reiterated his campaign pledge to, quote, seal the border and deport illegal criminals. The White House has expressed condolences to Riley's family, but has not responded directly to the Republican accusations. All this as both Biden and Trump plan dueling border visits to Texas on Thursday of this week. And to help put some context around these questions around immigration and crime, I'm joined now by Sharis Kubrin. She's a professor of criminology, law and society at the University of California, Irvine, and co-author of the book Immigration and Crime Taking Stock. Professor let's begin with the obvious here. Our thoughts are obviously with the family of Lake and Riley and her friends, a senseless loss of a young woman's life. Authorities also today just revealed her death was due to blunt force trauma. And the man we know accused here is an undocumented immigrant. Those are all facts. What do you make of the larger conversation around those facts right now?
1: When I heard about this tragic event, my heart went out immediately. That is, of course, the first reaction I had. But the second one is, uh-oh, I hope that this is not used as this awful event is not used for political advantage. And it appears that that is what is essentially happening. Um, we see a tragic event become a sparking point for really restrictive policies um, aimed at immigrants.
0: So I know in your work and in your book you look I- exactly at this issue and going back even to the early 1900s about the intersection of crime and immigration, broadly speaking, what have you
1: learned? So there's been so much research that's been done on how immigration and crime are related. Both among immigrants are immigrants more or less crime prone than their native-born counterparts, and does immigration to an area cause crime to go up or down? And, more recently, there's been an explosion of research in this area because of public perception and interest. And what's pretty amazing is, across all this research, by and large, we find that immigrants do not engage in more crime than than native-born counterparts, and immigration actually can cause crime to go down rather than up, so quite contrary to public perception.
0: And does any of your research examine uh, any differences between an undocumented immigrant and those who are legally here in the United States?
1: Right. That's become an increasingly important question that we have sought to answer. There are a handful of studies that have begun to do this using pretty sophisticated estimation techniques to identify the number of undocumented individuals. And what those studies have found is, similar to the research in general, there is no... um, uh, criminal criminogenic impact among undocumented immigrants. In other words, undocumented immigrants are not engaging in more crime, contrary to public perception, and the presence of undocumented immigrants in an area does not correlate with higher crime, particularly violence.
0: Professor, I'm sure you've heard this argument before. We're hearing this again, which is that if this man had not been allowed to enter into the United States, if he'd not been allowed to stay, he couldn't have committed this crime, and this young woman would still be alive today. Are people making that argument wrong?
1: Well, it's not that that argument's wrong because essentially that is true, but I think it's misplaced because at the end of the day, if we really do want to cut down on crime in general, absent this one horrific incident, Um, Making restrictive, exclusionary, and harsh policies aimed at immigrants is really not going to yield the benefits of reductions in crime that many people believe, largely because, as I just mentioned, immigrants are not the ones engaging in crime. I I would point out also that there's been a lot of instances of violence on campus with young individuals getting killed. A tragic events, most of which are occurring by native-born Americans. And so I think we need to pay attention to broader factors that contribute to this kind of senseless violence. Rather than simply aiming our targets at immigrants, so
0: that leap from the crime of one person catalyzing to fear of an entire group or population, we don't really see that, as you mentioned, with native-born Americans or white Americans more broadly. Is that something unique to immigrant populations?
1: So that's the interesting thing. I've never seen a headline, not once in my life, that has read "native-born American has engaged in this crime or that crime." And so what happens is, most of the stories identify a person's immigrant status and link it with crime in headlines, in social media, in the news. That essentially reinforces the public perception that both go hand-in-hand, when, in fact, the data show just the opposite. So it's an uphill battle in terms of public perception. What should we expect to
0: see in the months ahead? We are in an election year. Immigration is a top issue for voters around the country. Do you expect this conversation to continue at this kind of heated level?
1: I think it will, unfortunately, for the exact reasons I mentioned early on, which is that this is an opportunity, an awful opportunity, to seize on a political advantage. What I hope happens is that we identify places where we can improve things when it comes to immigration, but also do so in a way that makes smart policy policy that will help things more broadly, rather than simply use a scapegoat moment to um, make more restrictive policies that are not going to do much in the end for crime.
0: Professor Saris Kubrin from the University of California, Irvine, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you.